0: Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast where we take Sunday sermons a step further giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Hey, welcome everyone for joining us on the Digging Deeper podcast. I'm excited I'm joined here today by Mr. Kirk Bodie. Hello. Yeah, we're glad to have you, Kirk. And Kirk has been involved here at New Life for a long time. Um, he was one of the, he was a part of the team that first started New Life, actually. And we were just so lucky that we had him this past weekend. And yeah, we're just excited to have you here, Kirk. Appreciate you.
1: Well, it's a, it was a good experience for me to talk about the Ten Commandments, uh, as known as the Law, and that's what my profession has been for like 45 years. Uh, So to look at God's law, uh, how different it is from the laws that we have on the books that I've been dealing with for so many years.
0: Yeah. So Kirk preached on the 10 commandments this past weekend and something you had said in preaching team a few times is you're just like man I've heard so many 10 commandments sermons <laughs> and you're like how can I find a new perspective on it and so that people can re- view it and receive it in a different kind of way so ultimately where do you think you kind of landed with that new perspective to try to give people
1: yeah cuz in the past I've taught classes and I've even given a sermon on some of the 10 commandments And I've always viewed it as really an ethical thing, how to behave. Um, And the approach that we had during this sermon series was about your identity in Christ. And I wanted it to be a challenge to me personally to get away from the ethical side of it, which it has its components, but also about God, about our relationship with God and what he thinks of us. So we chose to go... Not just about the Ten Commandments, but about all the circumstances surrounding how God gave the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And we've been talking about the tagline of our series is their story is our story. And it was really um, refreshing to have a different view than I had really heard of. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like we know in our hearts that's how we should view it. But as humans, when we see law, we're like, oh, that's the thing I need to do. And I, I bristle at it versus... How can I allow God to work in my heart to be a person that lives that out? Right, and I feel like ultimately you did land there, and that was really great. So,
1: yeah, when you look at we well, you tend to go right into the listing of the Ten Commandments, and right before that is where God really addresses the people, and kind of gives the purpose of the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. uh, right off right off the bat. Right. Um, as and He shows why He gave it, what kind of God He is, and why He would give them uh, these rules to follow. Um. So really it's a different perspective to learn about God, uh, the God that gave us the Ten Commandments, learn what he expects of us, and learn his attitude toward us, mm. uh, which I found to be fascinating.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you had just said there that you've taught classes and spoke before on it, and I've heard multiple times from different guys who have been on stage and people who have been speaking that like what the Holy Spirit does to you during the week and reveals to you something different than what you saw before, maybe when you taught the classes before. Do you feel like this time when you gave this sermon that there was something that God spoke to you a little bit differently?
1: Uh, yes, as we as we read the part that is right before the Ten Commandments where God uh, calls Mo- Moses to the mountain, and he tells them to address the people of Israel, and he says... Uh, that uh, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession among all the peoples for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And I don't remember reading that before about when he says my treasured possession, uh, you are a kingdom of Mm, priests. Yeah, yeah. And a holy nation, and and then when I read that, I I was immediately thought, isn't there something in the New Testament about that? Hmm. And that's when I happened on second the first in, or First Peter two nine, which says, "You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession." So when you put those two passages side by side. It's like a mirror. Mm-hmm. And and I, I assume that in First Peter, when he's writing that, he's thinking of that Exodus passage, but also means what God is speaking to the people of Israel before the Ten Commandments is exactly what Absolutely. he's telling us today and his attitude toward us.
0: Absolutely. And
1: I found that uh, new in my own life. I had never mm. seen that parallel before. Yeah. And it's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Living from that place is so beautiful. And it... Even though we believe who God is to us, sometimes when we read through Exodus and we see this and we're like, Oh man, you know, God's seems pretty intense here. Right. But then when you see those those mirrors and those shadows and those foreshadowing and you have that, it's like what a cool place to live out of and to be able to like walk in like our identity in that sort of way. Yeah.
1: And then that part I was also reminded when I read the verse in First Peter that he used the word in the King James Version, the word peculiar.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, you sat on that word and, for a while on Sunday. And <laughs> uh, I've always
1: laughed at that because we, the typical meaning of peculiar is oddly different. Yeah, not kinda, exciting for people sometimes. And, and no one wants to be peculiar. Yeah. But then I'm th- like, thinking, well, in that sense, Christians, we should be different. Peculiar, maybe strong, or it carries sure. baggage, but we need to be different we, we would want somebody to say, well, that guy's different mm-hmm. because Christians are called to be different than the world around him. Yeah. But then, as I did, I'm no Greek scholar, but then as I did a little research into what that word meant, is where I found out again God's attitude toward his people, where he's, it's that word peculiar or a holy nation or his own possession talks about a unique, private, personal ownership of the believer by God. Wow. And even to the point where we're God's unique possession, just as if you were the only human being ever in existence. Wow! And when you hear <laughs> when you hear that,
0: yeah, no kidding terminology. I like that word peculiar. Yeah, it doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> Sounds uh, like we need to make a T-shirt or something. Yeah, some hats. <laughs>
1: and really, it impresses upon me that how God is so uh, loving toward mm-hmm. His people, toward me. Um, that he talks about I'm your treasured possession, a private personal ownership um, it it uh, leads me to a great understanding of the character of God and his appreciation and love toward me individually that's awesome that's awesome.
0: I appreciate that a lot. That's cool to hear just how God revealed that to you differently than before. That's awesome.
1: yeah one of the challenges oftentimes in giving a message is is what do you personally as the speaker uh mm. get out of it and this is one where um God spoke to me very deeply about his attitude toward me as an individual it was good it was a good the speaker benefits as much as oh, the yeah. people who listen
0: yeah wow that's so cool uh as you mentioned earlier you are a lawyer and um one of my thoughts kind of walking away is it was interesting having a lawyer speak on the Ten Commandments. And uh, I was wondering for you, how do you see us as humans view the law versus how God intended for us to view it? The, uh,
1: as a lawyer, you know, I showed the picture of all the law books in my office, and that's just the state of Illinois. And that let alone regulations, which are really interpretations of the law— Go on and on and on, and our 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 society is permeated with laws and reg- regulations. Whether it's traffic, uh, whether it's with a wiring in your house, or how many feet off the street you got to put a you know uh, a, a shed or something like that. <laughs> we are surrounded by regulations, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes we see those, especially in America, as restrictive of our freedoms. <laughs> we 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 Americans want to be free. We are naturally kind of rebels. We don't like law uh, because we see it as a restriction, as a prohibition, and we don't like that. If we see a law, if we someone says, "Don't go through that door," we're likely, as Americans, say, "Well, I'm going through that door." <laughs> um, and and to, to even in even the with the civil laws, to look at them as there's a purpose behind them. That's oftentimes a very good purpose. Sure. Um, we would want our our appliances in our home to be up to stand code standards, so we don't have a fire and burn the house down. Uh, we want traffic signs so we don't have to look, look, we don't have a traffic accident so we want red lights and green lights so there's order mm-hmm. to our society. That's good for us. Um, but then when you look at the Ten Commandments, the way that they're phrased and the language that they're couched in is a typically a thou shalt not, uh, a negative bent to them. And that's unfortunate because it only feeds into our negative yeah, perception yep, yep. of the law. Sense. But as you as you read the whole scripture from Genesis to the end it it show and, and how what Jesus said about the law love god and love your neighbor and you put the 10 commandments in perspective and add what Jesus said to it you see that god is a good god and when he says yeah. you're my treasured possession here's some rules for you these are good things right um and we've turned them sometimes into negative things but they really
0: are this is what you should look like as a Jesus follower. Like, this right. is what you should be living out. Yeah. Right. To be, yeah. to,
1: to be, to reflect your identity as an image bearer or uh, uh, to the image of God that he created you for, this is how you should live. Hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. It's such a, all I've been able to figure out a lot in life is how much God wants us to live a little bit in tension, but also in balance of these kinds of things. Right, it's like you have laws, and you, we were talking before this, and there's some laws that we go, um, you know what? I'm not for sure if that's God's best, and how does that work? But it's it's unfortunate that not everything is just perfect, and we just do all these one things. Like sometimes we just have to live in this tension, and um, that's I think where God wants us a lot yeah. of the time. And I think dependent as, on Him. As you, know. you look at the
1: civil law, you that most of the laws are for a good purpose, and but not we need to be discriminating too because laws are passed by human institutions sure. legislatures and we need to we need good Christian legislature le, le, legislators we need good judges to interpret the laws because there are some laws on the books that uh, may not be in accord with God's law and we need to be discriminating about that if there's laws on the books about for example abortion or uh, sexual identity we need to l- Put those up against the law of God, and hmm. and uh, work with legislators so that our civil laws, as much as possible, can mirror the principles of God. Sure. But it never will in yeah. this life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Um, you had a really great section, and I had a couple conversations with people about this, about preparing yourself before the Lord. Um, I know around New Life, I feel like you're kind of like the king of the chair time is what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like having your quiet time, making sure that you're you're getting right before God, you know, wherever that looks like and however you can fit that in. But you had named, uh, let's see, like I think like four four things here. You said uh, in preparation to hear from God, you need to be in the right place. Um, secondly, consecrate, prepare yourself. Uh, thirdly, have an attitude of humility and reverence. And then four, be willing to step into your identity in Christ. Uh, you did a good job in the message, of course, explaining each one of these things and how that should could potentially look for you in your life and how it kind of um, falls into your identity. But I do want to sit down on that fourth one, um, be willing to step into your identity in Christ. I th- feel as if that has been such a strong theme that's been pulled through our exodus. And we had like their story is our story. But in preaching team and just through Brian's messages, Dave, Jake, I feel like we kept coming back to like, man, there's just a lot about identity here. Um, And I was just wondering if you could maybe shed some more light on how in your life you've had to be willing to step into your identity in Christ. And then maybe if you could expand on that, uh, give the listeners as they're listening, like what's some ways that they could evaluate themselves to see if they're finding their identity in Christ?
1: Yeah, that's good. And I, you know, we sometimes use the word identity in Christ is really it's, who you are, and how does God view you? So, as we looked at these passages—a treasured possession, a holy nation, a peculiar people—that um, that, that that that's who we are in Christ, and that's how God views us. And to, when I say when we say step into that identity, is is really to really understand what that is, and then also to, as I was telling you, a. Little, uh, a while ago is to know it in your head. For example, I'm the kind of guy, I know it in my head what God thinks of me, but do I really believe it in my heart? Mm -hmm. Do I really feel God's love and his treasured possession that I am? Do I really feel that? Um, And that, you have to bask in it, I think. You need to meditate on it and bask in it and read other passages uh, where God and Jesus express their great love toward people and sit on those passages and let it sink in Mm -hmm. Um, so you really start to feel what the Bible says about you. Um, and then also, then the next thing would be to, to live it out, to start behaving like a child of God, to, to, in terms of your relationship with other people, Mm uh, your relationship with your family, with your wife, with your kids, make my case with my grandkids is, uh, am I, am I different? Do I reflect the love of God to other people? Hmm. And so I think you, if you could ask yourself questions, you'd say, do I see myself as God sees me? Do I really grasp that? And then do I have a life that reflects that I am a child of God, deeply loved by him um, and forgiven by him? And I like the word, one of the words he says, you are a chosen generation. I like that word chosen as well, because the fact that I am chosen, you know, you think of times when you're on the playground you're picking teams and you and and if you're the last to be chosen how bad that feels but where someone god looks at you and says kirk i choose you out of everybody in the whole world um
0: that's how special we are to god yeah that's so so unique and touching for sure yeah and i hope people don't if they're listening don't feel this like oh i've got to do this thing and i've got to do that thing and If we truly believe, I heard it said once really well, like, we're going to act on what we believe. And it is kind of like, we do have to have that truth and have that head knowledge, but that has to penetrate to our heart and then into our actions. So hopefully this is more of a thing of like, I want to find peace with God, and I want to be this kind of person because that's what I believe in. Yeah.
1: And then when that translates into the Ten Commandments which is all this is the prelude to the Ten Commandments, we see the God that gave us these Ten Commandments that are often viewed negatively, we start to see him in a from the posture of a loving yeah. uh, God who chose you, who loves you, who sees you as his treasured possession, and then the, you, we see the Ten Commandments from a whole different perspective than an angry, mean-spirited, killjoy kind of yeah, God. Yeah, it's a gift at yeah. that point.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, with messages, a lot of times they say people listen to the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes <laughs> or something like that. Or, And I've heard Brian say you should be able to say your message in, you know, one sentence or a couple sentences. Uh, if there's something that the listeners walked away from Sunday's message, and if you haven't listened to it, it's on this podcast as well um, up above. But, yeah, go back and listen to that on, on the Ten Commandments. He did that this Sunday. But if there's something that people could walk away with, what would be the number one thing you want the listeners to walk away with?
1: I think comparing those two passages from Exodus and 1 Peter, but, but when he says, you are my treasured possession, um, let that sink in. Because a lot of times we view God angry, perhaps distant. Um, yeah. like a, mm-hmm. like we, have, we impute father issues to him and things sure. like that. But if we see the God, the creator, as viewing his people, Despite the grumbling that these people did and the issues we have today, despite all that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and even uh, in spite of all that, God still sees us as a treasured possession that he chose mm-hmm. to be set
0: apart for him. Yeah, to be able to see through that lens. Yeah. versus I think a lot of times we, we see through the lens of what we think about ourselves, and we're not God. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We, we we tend to see ourselves as our bosses and our
1: parents and sure. our superiors and other people see us. And the kind of love God has is really beyond our comprehension. Yeah. But as best we can to
0: let it sink in yeah. and change us. So much bigger than what we can possibly comprehend. I remember, I've shared this story, but we we're seeing goodness of God. And I remember just like seeing generations of people raising their hands and singing that song out, that chorus. And it's just like, God, you were good to people before I was even alive. We get so like stuck in my life and my God is with me. And these things, it's like God is so much bigger than what we can imagine. And so, yeah, Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, thanks for being here, Kirk. Yeah, we appreciate it. And uh, I hope everyone has a great week. You want me
1: to tell you a lawyer joke?
0: Yeah, that'd be good to end it.
1: What what do you call uh, 25 lawyers at the bottom of the sea? A good start. (laughs) (laughs)